Section 3 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The First Day. 3. Poitiers. As soon as the train arrived at Poitiers, Sister Hyacinthe alighted in all haste amidst the crowd of porters opening the carriage doors and of pilgrims darting forward to reach the platform wait a moment wait a moment she repeated let me pass first i wish to see if all is over then having entered the other compartment she raised the strange man's head and seeing him so pale with such blank eyes she did at first think him already dead at last however she detected a faint breathing no no she then exclaimed he still breathes quick there is no time to be lost and perceiving the other sister she added sister claire des anges will you go and fetch father massias who must be in the third or fourth carriage on the train tell him that we have a patient in very great danger here and ask him to bring the holy oils at once without answering the other sister at once plunged into the midst of the scramble she was small slender and gentle with a meditative air and mysterious eyes but withal extremely active Pierre, who was standing in the other compartment watching the scene, now ventured to make a suggestion. And would it not be as well to fetch the doctor? said he. Yes, I was thinking of it, replied Sister Hyacinthe, and Monsieur l'Abbé, it would be very kind of you to go for him yourself. It so happened that Pierre intended going to the cantine carriage to fetch some broth for Marie. Now that she was no longer being jolted, she felt somewhat relieved, and had opened her eyes, and caused her father to raise her to a sitting posture keenly thirsting for fresh air she would have much liked them to carry her out onto the platform for a moment but she felt that it would be asking too much that it would be too troublesome a task to place her inside the carriage again so monsieur de guersin remained by himself on the platform near the open door smoking a cigarette whilst pierre hastened to the cantine van where he knew he would find the doctor on duty with his little travelling pharmacy some other patients whom one could not think of removing also remained in the carriage amongst them was la grivotte who was stifling and almost delirious in such a state indeed as to detain madame de jonquiere who had arranged to meet her daughter raymonde with madame volmar and madame des agneaux in the refreshment room in order that they might all four lunch together but that unfortunate creature seemed on the point of expiring so how could she leave her all alone on the hard seat of that carriage on his side monsieur sabatier likewise riveted to his seat was waiting for his wife who had gone to fetch a bunch of grapes for him whilst marthe had remained with her brother the missionary whose faint moan never ceased the others those who were able to walk had hustled one another in their haste to alight all eager as they were to escape for a moment from that cage of wretchedness where their limbs had been quite numbed by the seven hours journey which they had so far gone madame mars had at once drawn apart straying with melancholy face to the far end of the platform where she found herself all alone madame vetu stupefied by her sufferings had found sufficient strength to take a few steps and sit down on a bench in the full sunlight where she did not even feel the burning heat whilst elise rouquet who had had the decency to cover her face with a black wrap and was consumed by a desire for fresh water went hither and thither in search of a drinking fountain and meantime madame vincent walking slowly carried her little rose about in her arms trying to smile at her and to cheer her by showing her some gaudily coloured picture bills 
which the child gravely gazed at but did not see pierre had the greatest possible difficulty to make his way through the crowd inundating the platform no effort of imagination could enable one to picture the living torrent of ailing and healthy beings which the train had here set down a mob of more than a thousand persons just emerging from suffocation and bustling hurrying hither and thither each carriage had contributed its share of wretchedness like some hospital ward suddenly evacuated and it was now possible to form an idea of the frightful amount of suffering which this terrible white train carried along with it this train which disseminated a legend of horror wheresoever it passed some infirm sufferers were dragging themselves about others were being carried and many remained in a heap on the platform there were sudden pushes violent calls innumerable displays of distracted eagerness to reach the refreshment rooms and the buvette each and all made haste going wheresoever their wants called them this stoppage of half an hour's duration the only stoppage there would be before reaching lourdes was after all such a short one and the only gay note amidst all the black cassocks and the threadbare garments of the poor never of any precise shade of colour was supplied by the smiling whiteness of the little sisters of the assumption all bright and active in their snowy coifs wimples and aprons when pierre at last reached the cantine van near the middle of the train he found it already besieged there was here a petroleum stove with a small supply of cooking utensils the broth prepared from concentrated meat extract was being warmed in wrought-iron pans whilst the preserved milk in tins was diluted and supplied as occasion required there were some other provisions such as biscuits fruit and chocolate on a few shelves but sister saint francois to whom the service was entrusted a short stout woman of five-and-forty with a good-natured fresh-coloured face was somewhat losing her head in presence of all the hands so eagerly stretched towards her whilst continuing her distribution she lent ear to pierre as he called the doctor who with his travelling pharmacy occupied another corner of the van then when the young priest began to explain matters speaking of the poor unknown man who was dying a sudden desire came to her to go and see him and she summoned another sister to take her place oh i wished to ask you sister for some broth for a passenger who is ill said pierre at that moment turning towards her very well monsieur l'abbé i will bring some go on in front the doctor and the abbé went off in all haste rapidly questioning and answering one another whilst behind them followed sister saint francois carrying the bowl of broth with all possible caution amidst the jostling of the crowd the doctor was a dark-complexioned man of eight-and-twenty robust and extremely handsome with the head of a young roman emperor such as may still be occasionally met with in the sunburned land of provence as soon as sister hyacinthe caught sight of him she raised an exclamation of surprise what monsieur ferrand is it you indeed they both seemed amazed at meeting in this manner it is however the courageous mission of the sisters of the assumption to tend the ailing poor those who lie in agony in their humble garrets and cannot pay for nursing and thus these good women spend their lives among the wretched installing themselves beside the sufferer's pallet in his tiny lodging ministering to every want attending both to cooking and cleaning and living there like servants and relatives until either cure or death supervenes and it was in this wise that sister hyacinthe young as she was with her milky face and her blue eyes which ever laughed had installed herself one day in the abode of this young fellow ferrand then a medical student prostrated by typhoid fever and so desperately poor that he lived in a kind of loft under the roof and reached by a ladder in the rue du four 
and from that moment she had not stirred from his side but had remained with him until she cured him with the passion of one who lived only for others one who when an infant had been found in a church porch and who had no other family than that of those who suffered to whom she devoted herself with all her ardently affectionate nature and what a delightful month what exquisite comradeship fraught with the pure fraternity of suffering had followed when he called her sister it was really to a sister that he was speaking and she was a mother also a mother who helped him to rise and who put him to bed as though he were her child without aught springing up between them save supreme pity the divine gentle compassion of charity she ever showed herself gay sexless devoid of any instinct excepting that which prompted her to assuage and to console and he worshipped her venerated her and had retained of her the most chaste and passionate of recollections oh sister hyacinthe he murmured in delight chance alone had brought them face to face again for ferrand was not a believer and if he found himself in that train it was simply because he had at the last moment consented to take the place of a friend who was suddenly prevented from coming for nearly a twelvemonth now he had been a house surgeon at the hospital of la pitie however this journey to lourdes in such peculiar circumstances greatly interested him the joy of meeting was making them forget the ailing stranger and so the sister resumed you see monsieur ferrand it is for this man that we want you at one moment we thought him dead ever since we passed amboise he has been filling us with fear and i have just sent for the holy oils do you find him so very low could you not revive him a little the doctor was already examining the man and thereupon the sufferers who had remained in the carriage became greatly interested and began to look marie to whom sister saint francois had given the bowl of broth was holding it with such an unsteady hand that pierre had to take it from her and endeavour to make her drink but she could not swallow and she left the broth scarce tasted fixing her eyes upon the man waiting to see what would happen like one whose own existence is at stake tell me again asked sister hyacinthe how do you find him what is his illness what is his illness muttered ferrand he has every illness then drawing a little phial from his pocket he endeavoured to introduce a few drops of the contents between the sufferer's clenched teeth the man heaved a sigh raised his eyelids and let them fall again that was all he gave no other sign of life sister hyacinthe usually so calm and composed so little accustomed to despair became impatient but it is terrible said she and sister claire des anges does not come back yet i told her plainly enough where she would find father massias's carriage mon dieu what will become of us sister saint francois seeing that she could render no help was now about to return to the cantine van before doing so however she inquired if the man were not simply dying of hunger for such cases presented themselves and indeed she had only come to the compartment with the view of offering some of her provisions at last as she went off she promised that she would make sister claire des anges hasten her return should she happen to meet her and she had not gone twenty yards when she turned round and waved her arm to call attention to her colleague who with discreet short steps was coming back alone leaning out of the window sister hyacinthe kept on calling to her make haste make haste well and where is father massias he isn't there what not there no i went as fast as i could but with all these people about it was not possible to get there quickly when i reached the carriage father massias had already alighted and gone out of the station no doubt she thereupon explained that according to what she had heard father massias and the priest of saint radegonde had some appointment together 
in other years the national pilgrimage halted at poitiers for four and twenty hours and after those who were ill had been placed in the town hospital the others went in procession to saint radegonde that year however there was some obstacle to this course being followed so the train was going straight on to lourdes and father Macias was certainly with his friend the priest talking with him on some matter of importance they promised to tell him and send him here with the holy oils as soon as they found him added sister claire however this was quite a disaster for sister hyacinthe since science was powerless perhaps the holy oils would have brought the sufferer some relief she had often seen that happen oh sister sister how worried i am she said to her companion do you know i wish you would go back and watch for father Macias and bring him to me as soon as you see him it would be so kind of you to do so yes sister compliantly answered sister claire des anges and off she went again with that grave mysterious air of hers wending her way through the crowd like a gliding shadow ferrand meantime was still looking at the man sorely distressed at his inability to please sister hyacinthe by reviving him and as he made a gesture expressive of his powerlessness she again raised her voice entreatingly stay with me monsieur ferrand pray stay she said wait till father Macias comes i shall be a little more at ease with you here he remained and helped her to raise the man who was slipping down upon the seat then taking a linen cloth she wiped the poor fellow's face which a dense perspiration was continually covering and the spell of waiting continued amid the uneasiness of the patients who had remained in the carriage and the curiosity of the folks who had begun to assemble on the platform in front of the compartment all at once however a girl hastily pushed the crowd aside and mounting on the footboard addressed herself to madame de jonquiere what is the matter mamma she said they are waiting for you in the refreshment room it was raymonde de jonquiere who already somewhat ripe for her five-and-twenty years was remarkably like her mother being very dark with a pronounced nose large mouth and full pleasant-looking face but my dear you can see for yourself i can't leave this poor woman replied the lady hospitaller and thereupon she pointed to la rivotte who had been attacked by a fit of coughing which shook her frightfully oh how annoying mamma retorted raymonde madame des Agneaux and madame volmar were looking forward with so much pleasure to this little lunch together well it can't be helped my dear at all events you can begin without waiting for me tell the ladies that i will come and join them as soon as i can then an idea occurring to her madame de jonquiere added wait a moment the doctor is here i will try to get him to take charge of my patient go back i will follow you as you can guess i am dying of hunger Raymond's briskly returned to the refreshment room whilst her mother begged ferrand to come into her compartment to see if he could do something to relieve la grivotte at Mouth's request he had already examined brother isidore whose moaning never ceased and with a sorrowful gesture he had again confessed his powerlessness however he hastened to comply with madame de jonquiere's appeal and raised the consumptive woman to a sitting posture in the hope of thus stopping her cough which indeed gradually ceased and then he helped the lady hospitaller to make her swallow a spoonful of some soothing draught the doctor's presence in the carriage was still causing a stir among the ailing ones monsieur sabatier who was slowly eating the grapes which his wife had been to fetch for him did not however question ferrand for he knew full well what his answer would be and was weary as he expressed it of consulting all the princes of science nevertheless he felt comforted as it were at seeing him set that poor consumptive woman on her feet again and even marie watched all that the doctor did with increasing interest though not daring to call him herself 
certain as she also was that he could do nothing for her meantime the crush on the platform was increasing only a quarter of an hour now remained to the pilgrims madame vetue whose eyes were open but who saw nothing sat like an insensible being in the broad sunlight in the hope possibly that the scorching heat would deaden her pains whilst up and down in front of her went madame vincent ever with the same sleep-inducing step and ever carrying her little rose her poor ailing birdie whose weight was so trifling that she scarcely felt her in her arms many people meantime were hastening to the water-tap in order to fill their pitchers cans and bottles madame mars who was of refined tastes and careful of her person thought of going to wash her hands there but just as she arrived she found elise rouquet drinking and she recoiled at sight of that disease-smitten face so terribly disfigured and robbed of nearly all semblance of humanity and all the others likewise shuddered likewise hesitated to fill their bottles pitchers and cans at the tap from which she had drunk a large number of pilgrims had now begun to eat whilst pacing the platform you could hear the rhythmical taps of the crutches carried by a woman who incessantly wended her way through the groups on the ground a legless cripple was painfully dragging herself about in search of nobody knew what others seated there in heaps no longer stirred all these sufferers momentarily unpacked as it were these patients of a travelling hospital emptied for a brief half-hour were taking the air amidst the bewilderment and agitation of the healthy passengers and the whole throng had a frightfully woeful poverty-stricken appearance in the broad noontide light pierre no longer stirred from the side of marie for monsieur de guersin had disappeared attracted by a verdant patch of landscape which could be seen at the far end of the station and feeling anxious about her since she had not been able to finish her broth the young priest with a smiling air tried to tempt her palate by offering to go and buy her a peach but she refused it she was suffering too much she cared for nothing she was gazing at him with her large woeful eyes on the one hand impatient at this stoppage which delayed her chance of cure and on the other terrified at the thought of again being jolted along that hard and endless railroad just then a stout gentleman whose full beard was turning grey and who had a broad fatherly kind of face drew near and touched pierre's arm excuse me monsieur l'abbé said he but is it not in this carriage that there is a poor man dying and on the priest returning an affirmative answer the gentleman became quite affable and familiar my name is vigneron he said i am a head clerk at the ministry of finances and applied for leave in order that i might help my wife to take our son gustave to lourdes the dear lad places all his hope in the blessed virgin to whom we pray morning and evening on his behalf we are in a second-class compartment of the carriage just in front of yours then turning round he summoned his party with a wave of the hand come come said he it is here the unfortunate man is indeed in the last throes madame vigneron was a little woman with the correct bearing of a respectable bourgeoise but her long livid face denoted impoverished blood terrible evidence of which was furnished by her son gustave the latter who was fifteen years of age looked scarcely ten twisted out of shape he was a mere skeleton with his right leg so wasted so reduced that he had to walk with a crutch he had a small thin face somewhat awry in which one saw little excepting his eyes clear eyes sparkling with intelligence sharpened as it were by suffering and doubtless well able to dive into the human soul an old puffy-faced lady followed the others dragging her legs along with difficulty 
and monsieur vigneron remembering that he had forgotten her stepped back towards pierre so that he might complete the introduction that lady said he is madame chaise my wife's eldest sister she also wished to accompany gustave whom she is very fond of and then leaning forward he added in a whisper with a confidential air she is the widow of chaise the silk merchant you know who left such an immense fortune she is suffering from a heart complaint which causes her much anxiety the whole family grouped together then gazed with lively curiosity at what was taking place in the railway carriage people were incessantly flocking to the spot and so that the lad might be the better able to see his father took him up in his arms for a moment whilst his aunt held the crutch and his mother on her side raised herself on tiptoe the scene in the carriage was still the same the strange man was still stiffly seated in his corner his head resting against the hard wood he was livid his eyes were closed and his mouth was twisted by suffering and every now and then sister hyacinthe with her linen cloth wiped away the cold sweat which was constantly covering his face she no longer spoke no longer evinced any impatience but had recovered her serenity and relied on heaven from time to time she would simply glance towards the platform to see if father Massias were coming look at him gustave said monsieur vigneron to his son he must be consumptive the lad whom scrofula was eating away whose hip was attacked by an abscess and in whom there were already signs of necrosis of the vertebrae seemed to take a passionate interest in the agony he thus beheld it did not frighten him he smiled at it with a smile of infinite sadness oh how dreadful muttered madame chaise who living in continual terror of a sudden attack which would carry her off turned pale with the fear of death ah well replied monsieur vigneron philosophically it will come to each of us in turn we are all mortal thereupon a painful mocking expression came over gustave's smile as though he had heard other words than those perchance an unconscious wish the hope that the old aunt might die before he himself did that he would inherit the promised half million of francs and then not long encumber his family put the boy down now said madame vigneron to her husband you are tiring him holding him by the legs like that then both she and madame chaise bestirred themselves in order that the lad might not be shaken the poor darling was so much in need of care and attention at each moment they feared that they might lose him even his father was of opinion that they had better put him in the train again at once and as the two women went off with the child the old gentleman once more turned towards pierre and with evident emotion exclaimed ah monsieur l'abbé if god should take him from us the light of our life would be extinguished i don't speak of his aunt's fortune which would go to other nephews but it would be unnatural would it not that he should go off before her especially as she is so ill however we are all in the hands of providence and place our reliance in the blessed virgin who will assuredly perform a miracle just then madame de jonquiere having been reassured by dr ferrand was able to leave la grivotte before going off however she took care to say to pierre i am dying of hunger and am going to the refreshment room for a moment but if my patient should begin coughing again pray come and fetch me when after great difficulty she had managed to cross the platform and reach the refreshment room she found herself in the midst of another scramble the better circumstanced pilgrims had taken the tables by assault and a great many priests were to be seen hastily lunching amidst all the clatter of knives forks and crockery the three or four waiters were not able to attend to all requirements especially as they were hampered in their movements by the crowd purchasing fruit bread and cold meat at the counter 
it was at a little table at the far end of the room that raymond was lunching with madame des agneaux and madame volmar ah here you are at last mamma the girl exclaimed as madame de jonquiere approached i was just going back to fetch you you certainly ought to be allowed time to eat she was laughing with a very animated expression on her face quite delighted as she was with the adventures of the journey and this indifferent scrambling meal there said she i have kept you some trout with green sauce and there's a cutlet also waiting for you we have already got to the artichokes then everything became charming the gaiety prevailing in that little corner rejoiced the sight young madame des agneaux was particularly adorable a delicate blonde with wild wavy yellow hair a round dimpled milky face a gay laughing disposition and a remarkably good heart she had made a rich marriage and for three years past had been wont to leave her husband at trouville in the fine august weather in order to accompany the national pilgrimage as a lady hospitaller this was her great passion an access of quivering pity a longing desire to place herself unreservedly at the disposal of the sick for five days a real debauch of devotion from which she returned tired to death but full of intense delight her only regret was that she as yet had no children and with comical passion she occasionally expressed a regret that she had missed her true vocation that of a sister of charity ah my dear she hastily said to raymond don't pity your mother for being so much taken up with her patience she at all events has something to occupy her and addressing herself to madame de jonquiere she added if you only knew how long we find the time in our fine first-class carriage we cannot even occupy ourselves with a little needlework as it is forbidden i asked for a place with the patients but all were already distributed so that my only resource will be to try to sleep to-night she began to laugh and then resumed yes madame volmar we will try to sleep won't we since talking seems to tire you madame volmar who looked over thirty was very dark with a long face and delicate but drawn features her magnificent eyes shone out like braziers though every now and then a cloud seemed to veil and extinguish them at the first glance she did not appear beautiful but as you gazed at her she became more and more perturbing till she conquered you and inspired you with passionate admiration it should be said though that she shrank from all self-assertion comporting herself with much modesty ever keeping in the background striving to hide her lustre invariably clad in black and unadorned by a single jewel although she was the wife of a parisian diamond merchant oh for my part she murmured as long as i am not hustled too much i am well pleased she had been to lourdes as an auxiliary lady helper already on two occasions though but little had been seen of her there at the hospital of our lady of dolours as on arriving she had been overcome by such great fatigue that she had been forced she said to keep her room however madame de jonquiere who managed the ward treated her with good-natured tolerance ah my poor friends said she there will be plenty of time for you to exert yourselves get to sleep if you can and your turn will come when i can no longer keep up then addressing her daughter she resumed and you would do well darling not to excite yourself too much if you wish to keep your head clear raymond smiled and gave her mother a reproachful glance mamma mamma why do you say that am i not sensible she asked doubtless she was not boasting for despite her youthful thoughtless air the air of one who simply feels happy in living there appeared in her grey eyes an expression of firm resolution a resolution to shape her life for herself it is true the mother confessed with a little confusion this little girl is at times more sensible than i am myself come pass me the cutlet 
it is welcome i assure you lord how hungry i was the meal continued enlivened by the constant laughter of madame des agneaux and raymonde the latter was very animated and her face which was already growing somewhat yellow through long pining for a suitor again assumed the rosy bloom of twenty they had to eat very fast for only ten minutes now remained to them on all sides one heard the growing tumult of customers who feared that they would not have time to take their coffee all at once however pierre made his appearance a fit of stifling had again come over la grivotte and madame de jonquiere hastily finished her artichoke and returned to her compartment after kissing her daughter who wished her good night in a facetious way the priest however had made a movement of surprise on perceiving madame volmar with the red cross of the lady hospitallers on her black bodice he knew her for he still called at long intervals on old madame volmar the diamond merchant's mother who had been one of his own mother's friends she was the most terrible woman in the world religious beyond all reason so harsh and stern moreover as to close the very window shutters in order to prevent her daughter-in-law from looking into the street and he knew the young woman's story how she had been imprisoned on the very morrow of her marriage shut up between her mother-in-law who tyrannized over her and her husband a repulsively ugly monster who went so far as to beat her mad as he was with jealousy although he himself kept mistresses the unhappy woman was not allowed out of the house excepting it were to go to mass and one day at la trinite pierre had surprised her secret on seeing her behind the church exchanging a few hasty words with a well-groomed distinguished-looking man the priest's sudden appearance in the refreshment room had somewhat disconcerted madame volmar what an unexpected meeting monsieur l'abbé she said offering him her long warm hand what a long time it is since i last saw you and thereupon she explained that this was the third year she had gone to lourdes her mother-in-law having required her to join the association of our lady of salvation it is surprising that you did not see her at the station when we started she added she sees me into the train and comes to meet me on my return this was said in an apparently simple way but with such a subtle touch of irony that pierre fancied he could guess the truth he knew that she really had no religious principles at all and that she merely followed the rites and ceremonies of the church in order that she might now and again obtain an hour's freedom and all at once he intuitively realized that someone must be waiting for her yonder that it was for the purpose of meeting him that she was thus hastening to lourdes with her shrinking yet ardent air and flaming eyes which she so prudently shrouded with a veil of lifeless indifference for my part he answered i am accompanying a friend of my childhood a poor girl who was very ill indeed i must ask your help for her you shall nurse her thereupon she faintly blushed and he no longer doubted the truth of his surmise however raymond was just then settling the bill with the easy assurance of a girl who is expert in figures and immediately afterwards madame des agneaux led madame volmar away the waiters were now growing more distracted and the tables were fast being vacated for on hearing a bell ring everybody had begun to rush towards the door pierre on his side was hastening back to his carriage when he was stopped by an old priest ah monsieur le cure he said i saw you just before we started but i was unable to get near enough to shake hands with you thereupon he offered his hand to his brother ecclesiastic who was looking and smiling at him in a kindly way the abbe juden was the parish priest of saligny a little village in the department of the oise tall and sturdy he had a broad pink face around which clustered a mass of white curly hair and it could be divined by his appearance that he was a worthy man whom neither the flesh nor the spirit had ever tormented 
he believed indeed firmly and absolutely with a tranquil godliness never having known a struggle endowed as he was with the ready faith of a child unacquainted with human passions and ever since the virgin at lourdes had cured him of a disease of the eyes by a famous miracle which folks still talked about his belief had become yet more absolute and tender as though impregnated with divine gratitude i am pleased that you are with us my friend he gently said for there is much in these pilgrimages for young priests to profit by i am told that some of them at times experience a feeling of rebellion well you will see all these poor people praying it is a sight which will make you weep how can one do otherwise than place oneself in god's hands on seeing so much suffering cured or consoled the old priest himself was accompanying a patient and he pointed to a first-class compartment at the door of which hung a placard bearing the inscription monsieur l'abbé judaine reserved then lowering his voice he said it is madame dieu la fée you know the great banker's wife their chateau a royal domain is in my parish and when they learned that the blessed virgin had vouchsafed me such an undeserved favour they begged me to intercede for their poor sufferer i have already said several masses and most sincerely pray for her there you see her yonder on the ground she insisted on being taken out of the carriage in spite of all the trouble which one will have to place her in it again on a shady part of the platform in a kind of long box there was as the old priest said a woman whose beautiful perfectly oval face lighted up by splendid eyes denoted no greater age than six and twenty she was suffering from a frightful disease the disappearance from her system of the calcareous salts had led to a softening of the osseous framework the slow destruction of her bones three years previously after the advent of a stillborn child she had felt vague pains in the spinal column and then little by little her bones had rarefied and lost shape the vertebrae had sunk the bones of the pelvis had flattened and those of the arms and legs had contracted thus shrunken melting away as it were she had become a mere human remnant a nameless fluid thing which could not be set erect but had to be carried hither and thither with infinite care for fear lest she should vanish between one's fingers her face a motionless face on which sat a stupefied imbecile expression still retained its beauty of outline and yet it was impossible to gaze at this wretched shred of a woman without feeling a heart pang the keener on account of all the luxury surrounding her for not only was the box in which she lay lined with blue quilted silk but she was covered with valuable lace and a cap of rare valenciennes was set upon her head her wealth thus being proclaimed displayed in the midst of her awful agony ah how pitiable it is resumed the abbe judaine in an undertone to think that she is so young so pretty possessed of millions of money and if you knew how dearly loved she was with what adoration she is still surrounded that tall gentleman near her is her husband that elegantly dressed lady is her sister madame jousseur pierre remembered having often noticed in the newspapers the name of madame jousseur wife of a diplomatist and a conspicuous member of the higher spheres of catholic society in paris people had even circulated a story of some great passion which she had fought against and vanquished she also was very prettily dressed with marvellously tasteful simplicity and she ministered to the wants of her sorry sister with an air of perfect devotion as for the unhappy woman's husband who at the age of five-and-thirty had inherited his father's colossal business he was a clear-complexioned well-groomed handsome man clad in a closely buttoned frock-coat his eyes however were full of tears for he adored his wife 
and had left his business in order to take her to lourdes placing his last hope in this appeal to the mercy of heaven ever since the morning pierre had beheld many frightful sufferings in that woeful white train but none had so distressed his soul as did that wretched female skeleton slowly liquefying in the midst of its lace and its millions the unhappy woman he murmured with a shudder the abbe Juden, however made a gesture of serene hope the blessed virgin will cure her said he i have prayed to her so much just then a bell again pealed and this time it was really the signal for starting only two minutes remained there was a last rush and folks hurried back towards the train carrying eatables wrapped in paper and bottles and cans which they had filled with water several of them quite lost their heads and in their inability to find their carriages ran distractedly from one to the other end of the train whilst some of the infirm ones dragged themselves about amidst the precipitate tapping of crutches and others only able to walk with difficulty strove to hasten their steps whilst leaning on the arms of some of the lady hospitallers it was only with infinite difficulty that four men managed to replace madame de la fée in her first-class compartment the vignerons who were content with second-class accommodation had already reinstalled themselves in their quarters amidst an extraordinary heap of baskets boxes and valises which scarcely allowed little gustave enough room to stretch his poor puny limbs the limbs as it were of a deformed insect and then all the women appeared again madame mars gliding along in silence madame vincent raising her dear little girl in her outstretched arms and dreading lest she should hear her cry out madame vetu whom it had been necessary to push into the train after rousing her from her stupefying torment and elise rouquet who was quite drenched through her obstinacy in endeavouring to drink from the tap and was still wiping her monstrous face whilst each returned to her place and the carriage filled once more marie listened to her father who had come back delighted with his stroll to a pointsman's little house beyond the station whence a really pleasant stretch of landscape could be discerned shall we lay you down again at once asked pierre sorely distressed by the pained expression on marie's face oh no no by and by she replied i shall have plenty of time to hear those wheels roaring in my head as though they were grinding my bones then as ferrand seemed on the point of returning to the cantine van sister hyacinthe begged him to take another look at the strange man before he went off she was still waiting for father Macias, astonished at the inexplicable delay in his arrival but not yet without hope as sister claire des anges had not returned pray monsieur ferrand said she tell me if this unfortunate man is in any immediate danger the young doctor again looked at the sufferer felt him and listened to his breathing then with a gesture of discouragement he answered in a low voice i feel convinced that you will not get him to lourdes alive every head was still anxiously stretched forward if they had only known the man's name the place he had come from who he was but it was impossible to extract a word from this unhappy stranger who was about to die there in that carriage without anybody being able to give his face a name it suddenly occurred to sister hyacinthe to have him searched under the circumstances there could certainly be no harm in such a course feel in his pockets monsieur ferrand she said the doctor thereupon searched the man in a gentle cautious way but the only things that he found in his pockets were a chaplet a knife and three sous and nothing more was ever learnt of the man at that moment however a voice announced that sister claire des anges was at last coming back with father Macias. all this while the latter had simply been chatting with the priest of saint radegonde in one of the waiting-rooms 
keen emotion attended his arrival for a moment all seemed saved but the train was about to start the porters were already closing the carriage doors and it was necessary that extreme unction should be administered in all haste in order to avoid too long a delay this way mon reverend père exclaimed sister hyacinthe yes yes pray come in our unfortunate patient is here father Mathias, who was five years older than pierre whose fellow-student however he had been at the seminary had a tall spare figure with an ascetic countenance framed round with a light-coloured beard and vividly lighted up by burning eyes he was neither the priest harassed by doubt nor the priest with childlike faith but an apostle carried away by his passion ever ready to fight and vanquish for the pure glory of the blessed virgin in his black cloak with its large hood and his broad-brimmed flossy hat he shone resplendently with the perpetual ardour of battle he immediately took from his pocket the silver case containing the holy oils and the ceremony began whilst the last carriage doors were being slammed and belated pilgrims were rushing back to the train the station-master meantime anxiously glancing at the clock and realizing that it would be necessary for him to grant a few minutes grace credo in unum deum hastily murmured the father amen replied sister hyacinthe and the other occupants of the carriage those who had been able to do so had knelt upon the seats whilst the others joined their hands or repeatedly made the sign of the cross and when the murmured prayers were followed by the litanies of the ritual every voice rose an ardent desire for the remission of the man's sins and for his physical and spiritual cure winging its flight heavenward with each successive kyrie eleison might his whole life of which they knew naught be forgiven him might he enter stranger though he was in triumph into the kingdom of god christe exaudi nos ora pro nobis sancta dei genitrix father Masias had pulled out the silver needle from which hung a drop of holy oil in the midst of such a scramble with the whole train waiting many people now thrusting their heads out of the carriage windows in surprise at the delay in starting he could not think of following the usual practice of anointing in turn all the organs of the senses those portals of the soul which give admittance to evil he must content himself as the rules authorized him to do in pressing cases with one anointment and this he made upon the man's lips those vivid parted lips from between which only a faint breath escaped whilst the rest of his face with its lowered eyelids already seemed indistinct again merged into the dust of the earth peristam sanctam unctionem said the father et suam piecissimam misericordiam indulgeat tibi dominus quid quid pervisum auditum odoratum gustum tactum deliquisti the remainder of the ceremony was lost amid the hurry and scramble of the departure father Macias scarcely had time to wipe off the oil with the little piece of cotton wool which sister hyacinthe held in readiness before he had to leave the compartment and get into his own as fast as possible setting the case containing the holy oils in order as he did so whilst the pilgrims finished repeating the final prayer we cannot wait any longer it is impossible repeated the station-master as he bustled about come come make haste everybody at last then they were about to resume their journey everybody sat down returned to his or her corner again madame de jonquiere however had changed her place in order to be nearer la grivotte whose condition still worried her and she was now seated in front of monsieur sabatier who remained waiting with silent resignation moreover sister hyacinthe had not returned to her compartment having decided to remain near the unknown man so that she might watch over him and help him 
by following this course too she was able to minister to brother isidore whose sufferings his sister marthe was at a loss to assuage and marie turning pale felt the jolting of the train in her ailing flesh even before it had resumed its journey under the heavy sun rolling onward once more with its load of sufferers stifling in the pestilential atmosphere of the overheated carriages at last a loud whistle resounded the engine puffed and sister hyacinthe rose up to say the magnificat my children end of section three